In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. I love the story of the Annunciation to the Blessed Virgin Mary, that she will bear the Christ child for us. I love the, so, the story so much that like a good book or a film that has really caught and grasped my attention, I kind of want to hurry up and jump to the end to see how it all works out and maybe then go back later. You know, it's that feeling of skipping to the end of a novel or a book just to see which major characters are still in the story. And I don't see any children here today, but some of us still know the uh, great joy of knowing that there's Christmas presents and you kind of just sneak over and pull a little bit of the wrapping paper off and open it up just a little bit to peek inside because the anticipation is so great. And I feel that with this story of the angel Gabriel greeting Mary and telling her of the plan of salvation as we have it. And then those fateful words on which the entire future of humanity rested, Behold, I am the handmaid of the Lord. Be it unto me according to thy word. I usually want to jump from hail or greeting favored one to I am the handmaid and not have much in between. But when one does that, one loses not only the drama and the tension of this scene, but also some remarkable things about the way that God acts in the world, even today. If we reduce this story down to its two key elements, then first we have the news of Gabriel that he brings to Mary, and then second, we have Mary's response to that news. I think this is why I'm always tempted to shorten the passage, just news and response. But today, in these final moments of Advent, when we have been waiting and expecting, looking with hope, and then this last week, doing all of that with an urgent sense of joy, we come to the end of one story and start the next. And we know the endings to both already, but we need to see each with fresh eyes, looking for a new clue or a new insight today that we have never seen when we have relished in this story of the Annunciation. For nothing will be impossible with God. This week, after a momentous event in the life of the parish, as probably as unexpected for us as Gabriel's visit to Mary was, this one sentence stuck near the end of the narrative found new and profound meaning for me. It's also the last words we have in Scripture of the angel Gabriel speaking. And on top of that, it's not some tagline or some forgotten part of the message he was sent to bring, like, oh, Mary, by the way, I forgot to say... No, this is the message. Nothing will be impossible with God. I think it is curious that Gabriel tells Mary this in the future tense, not in the past. It's a signal of hope, of steadfast faithfulness, of the promise that God is going to redeem his people, but much more than just those who are Jews. God's going to redeem the whole world. Why is this the case? 
Well, if we take a glance at our lesson from 2 Samuel, we see that there are promises being made by Yahweh, by God the Father, to King David, that his kingdom's reign on earth will never end. We call this the Davidic covenant, the promise of an heir to David's throne and of David's line ruling not just over a parcel of land or a temporary earthly kingdom, but that the Messiah, the anointed one, the Christ, will establish God's rule and God's justice here on earth forever and forever. This is what Gabriel is telling the Blessed Virgin in this Annunciation. This is also what Mary understood, that the prophecies of years and centuries gone by were now going to come true. And as one of my favorite authors happens to put it in the mouth of a hobbit, that everything sad is going to become untrue. If we now return to that phrase, nothing will be impossible, we can look back through the pages of Holy Scripture, both the New Testament and the Old Testament, and see that in this moment, every prophecy from the fall onward is about to culminate. It isn't that God has failed to act, nor is it that God couldn't act, and it certainly isn't that there were things which were impossible for God. Instead, this is a forward-looking promise based upon everything that had come before from creation until that fateful day in Nazareth and the assurance that God will not fail. God will not be unfaithful just as he had never been unfaithful to anyone at any time or had been unfaithful to his people. Now, of course, we know the rest of the story. Mary's resounding, yes, I am the servant of the Lord. We know what we celebrate later tonight, the birth of God the Son. We know of his life and his ministry, the teaching, the healings, the signs and miracles that the kingdom of God is here then as well as now. And we also know the events skipping far ahead of Holy Week in the passion of our Lord Jesus Christ, his suffering, his death, and his burial. And we know of the resurrection from the dead and of his glorious ascension. And we know that Jesus then sends his Holy Spirit to each of us and to the church. We know that our God is not only keeps his promises to us, but that he also uses us each one of us, to bring them about. Mary could have said no, but she didn't, which is one of the reasons why we, the church, venerate her as we do. Nothing will be impossible with God. Nothing has been, nothing is, nothing will be. Which now brings us to today. Have you seen how God has demonstrated this year to us that nothing is impossible for him? 
Now, on Wednesday nights, those of you who come to our Wednesday night forums, this is going to sound very familiar because we begin each one of our Wednesdays by asking the question, where did you see God at work this week? And sometimes the answers are absolutely astonishing. But if we broaden that out a little bit today, we can ask the same question, but ask it this way. Where have you seen God at work this year? We can recall to mind two recent events for sure. One, the cause of our Jubilee celebration next year, and the other, a second surprise that none of us were expecting. However, in both instances, there had been people in this parish and friends of this parish beyond our walls and people in our diocese, and even friends of cr across the sea whom you have never met, who in concerted effort have been praying for us. Just a few weeks ago, we inducted six women into the, daughter, uh, the Order of the Daughters of the King, a society founded in prayer. And when we pray, we are in a rather mystical and subconscious way saying, we, too, believe that nothing is or will be possible with God. Something that perhaps gets a little lost when we read this story of the Annunciation is understanding who Mary is and who she was in real flesh and blood as a person. We have to read into the narrative what we know about girls and young women of this time and rem remember who she was, what her role in the Jewish faith or how the role in her Jewish faith played in her daily life and the links of her family that they had to the temple in Jerusalem. Don't forget, her cousin Elizabeth is married to a priest in the temple in Jerusalem, Zechariah. Prayer is something that would have shaped her life since the time she was an infant baby. She had been praying for the restoration of Israel as all Jews would have been doing. She would have known the Torah and the Psalms and the prophets. Mary would have known the whole story of the Exodus and the conquest of Canaan, the judges and the kings, the long and not all that distant years of exile in Babylon, the saga of not only rebuilding the temple, but the struggle to keep it pure and undefiled. Mary would have been hoping for and praying for the coming of the Messiah, the son of David. She would now know for herself that nothing is impossible or will be impossible with God. The Holy Spirit would overshadow her, and God would become incarnate in and through her. My dear friends, this is such good and wonderful news. What we must always strive to do is remember that message of the angel, that nothing is nor will be impossible with God. It is through faith in that promise that we go to God in prayer and lay out not only the hurts and cares of the world and in our lives, but also the dreams 
and the desires of the world and this community of faith. And when God does answer, when God stretches out his arm and shows us that he can do anything he chooses, it is always too wonderful for us to believe. If you don't believe that, think about the last month or so here in this parish. Or just gaze just there at the gift of this beautiful instrument given to us this past Wednesday. The power of the Most High will overshadow you. Therefore, the child to be born will be holy. He will be called Son of God. For nothing will be impossible with God. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen.